0: You are listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the premier podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary with the Vision for China team. For more information about our Vision for China team and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. There you're going to find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to assess how you can better aim your life at making Jesus known in China, whether that be by praying, sending, or even going as a missionary. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe and or follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform with push notifications turned on to never miss an episode of the broadcast. And you can always check out visionforchina.org slash podcast. That's visionforchina.org slash podcast for an up-to-date directory of which platforms were found on. If you have any friends interested in China, missions, or both that might enjoy the podcast, be sure to let them know what the A Thousand Lives broadcast is all about. We, with Vision for China, firmly believe that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China, and trust that if we aim our lives at making much of Him there and around the world, we have no need to fear language barriers, culture barriers, persecution, or any other obstacles, because, just as He Himself said in Matthew 28, He will be with us always, even into the end of the world. Now, Having said all of that, our episode today is an afterglow, or a recap, of the Underground Yahweh Conference. This year's conference was themed, China's Multitudes, and I've spent much time with everyone sitting here with me these last 24 hours discussing China, teaching about China, and praying for China. We've preached how worthy Christ is to be proclaimed, even in a hard place like China. We've considered the power of prayer to implore God to do a work there in China, and we've talked about how... For us to be effective witnesses in a place like China, we must be fully persuaded of the power and promises of God. I know that many listening in wanted to come out to the conference and weren't able to due to work and other commitments, so I figured we'd let you all listen in to a discussion here with Zachariah, Ty, and Katie, Annalise, Jacob, Chavez, and myself to get an idea of what the conference has been like. all right well here i am with a few of the attendees at the underground jobway conference and i just kind of wanted to open up and talk with you guys and just kind of see what you're thinking we we just wrapped things up within the last hour and so you know what was your your thoughts about china and china missions before coming in to the conference and then has that changed at all uh... Have, what, what have you learned over the course of the last couple of days
1: i guess i can start um... Having wanted to be a missionary for maybe like eight years, I've always heard and known that China had a great need. Um, And I was really excited for friends whenever they said that they were praying about being missionaries to China. And I was always really excited to hear updates from missionaries that were going to China. Um, Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secrets was a phenomenal book that I read when I was um, 16 that really transformed my life. And so I had a lot of understanding about the need and missionaries that were going, but on a personal level, I had never really started the country for myself. I had never really prayed that the Lord would um, guide me if he wanted me to go there. Um, I had never really like seen the faces of any really Chinese person and thought about the need um, in China because it just felt so overwhelming, the country. Um, and the task before us of reaching that country that I just kind of was excited for others but avoided it for myself. Um, And then I was just praying over all of the provinces here with the group um, throughout the conference and um, watching the documentary, the China documentary, and just actually um, taking time to ask the Lord to show me if he would want me to go to China. And it kind of just... I guess flipped the script on me, so now I know that there's a need in China. I know there's people going. I'm so excited for them, um, but China definitely has a different place in my heart than it did before, um, and the need has just been really highlighted for me.
0: Okay. Well, great. Well, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's cool. encouraging to hear. Somebody else.
2: Yeah, I would. I would go off of what she was saying. It's just kind of like, at first, it's like I understood that there was like there was a big need for it. And then it's like, okay, I understand they're super strict, so obviously everything has to be done, like, secretively and, like, the way that it was addressed. But after coming to the conference and, like, seeing the things, watching the documentary, which, by the way, was a fantastic documentary, um, it just kind of, like, solidified the need for the people. But then it just kind of, like, it soothed you almost to see that, like, even though it is as strict as it is, there's still an opportunity for witnessing to go on and there still is an opportunity for the proclamation of the gospel and it's almost like they're hungry for it too like we don't see it typically in the news stages like oh china has this massive need and like there's mass revivals and stuff like this because of the, like how strict they are but at the same time like watching the documentaries and speaking with people that have been there it's like you know these people are genuinely hungry once they're presented with who Jesus actually is so i i, I my mindset has changed a lot on China. It's awesome. It is awesome.
0: Amen. Hearing you say that got me thinking about what Brother Trent uh, mentioned in one of his messages last night. You know, he was talking about how uh, we need to be persuaded mm-hmm. of some things. Yeah. If, if someone wants to be a missionary to China, they, they ought to be persuaded of a few things. And one of the things he said was persuaded of the promises of God. And he used the example of Numbers 13 and 14 mm-hmm. of the 12 spies going into the land. And he said, you know, 10, 10 of those guys came back and they were not persuaded. That, that God was able to make good on His promises and let them take the land. But there were two guys, yeah. and they were persuaded. And and we know that even though they had to wait a significant amount of time because of that lack of persuasion on the part of the other ten, which then after that kind of infected the rest of the people of Israel, um, those those two, they were persuaded. Why? Because they believed that that God could could do what they realize they in and of themselves couldn't do yeah, and i absolutely. feel like that so many times we look at a place like china and there are so many um one word that we use around here uh, some is talking about giants it's like there's giants in the land uh, to continue with the the numbers illustration and we uh, we think that man i mean i have to go and there's probably going to be persecution and where are the lines that I shouldn't cross with boldly proclaiming the gospel. I know that I probably don't want to take a bullhorn out to the intersection of First and Main in Beijing and preach. And yet, at the same time, I, um, you know, I probably want to do more than like whisper the gospel to someone once every 15 years. They're, they're, but but where where's the happy medium? What do I do? Do I pass out gospel tracts? Do I not pass out gospel tracts? Uh, do I? Start a church and put a church sign out that says First Baptist Beijing, or do I just skip the church sign and make the exterior of the church location a little bit more low profile where it wouldn't draw attention? Where are all those lines? And just the thought of that, and this is even what, what I think you were sharing, uh, Katie, is that you know, there's just so many questions that we have, and we're not sure how to approach it. And we think, well, there's persecution, but then there's also we got to learn the language, and I mean, I've got to, like, eat with chopsticks, and there's just there's so many things, and, and it's just so overwhelming, and it's easy, I think, for, for many to just kind of mentally shut down and say, maybe maybe China's not for me. Um, but then you have the testimony of a Joshua and a Caleb who say, no, I'm persuaded that God says we need to take the gospel to the world. God says that we should do it. He says that he's going to be with us always. Yeah. So, okay. so let's take him at his word, and let's see if, if some from among us ought to go to China okay. with that message. Um, That's good. Anybody else? Thoughts?
3: Uh, along those same lines, um, I guess I've always had China in, like, this corner of daunting, closed, not really an option because I can't get in anyway. And just kind of had it checked off, like, not going to happen. Um, and I knew there was a lot of people there but it never was really like there are a lot of individual souls there um, I ne- yeah. until we started like praying through all the different regions and um, all the different places there. Those prayer meetings were phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really brought, I feel like brought my focus in on what should be and on each individual soul there that God knows. He knows their name. He knows who they are. Um, and God cares about them. And that really I guess changed my focus from this giant daunting country that is super close and I can never get into to each and every individual soul that's there and how they do need the gospel and how God did say for us to go to the whole world and China is definitely a big part of that. Um, so I guess I just opened my eyes up to that in that sense of it.
0: Yeah, great. great.
4: I guess that's one thing that I was thinking about. Um, one fact that stuck out to me is China is about 18% of the world's population. Yes. Yet everyone I talk to about China, they're like, it's closed, we can't do anything about that. Or um, let's go to Africa instead. Africa is booming for with the gospel. And China, over a billion people, yet everyone seems to forget about China and no one's, like they said, Anilites, or like they said, no one seems to really remember China. No one seems to think about the individuals there. It's always, let's go somewhere where it's easier. And that's really challenged me to, am I willing to go to somewhere that I could be persecuted? Am I willing to go to somewhere that's hard? And like, for me, I was considering another country that's similar. But at the same time, though, this conference really challenged me to consider China because Amen. over a million people, who is, who's going to go? In America, There's saturated with church, or churches. And there, a couple months ago, I did a trip with a couple other guys, and we found 15 Bible-preaching churches in a five-minute radius. And that's for, like... 15 churches for 10,000 people, hmm. yet there's maybe one church for a million or more people in China? If that... That, that really struck me. And how, how, are we, how are we going to say we're going to go out to all the world and forget 18% of the world?
0: Hmm. Um, there is... And I guess this is somewhat repeating... Uh, something I touched on just a bit ago but it really does seem like with a place like China and it's not only China there would be other countries in this category as well but there's so much I guess what the word I'm thinking of right now is friction there's so much friction in trying to get to a place like China Um, there's so many things that you could call them you know question marks or just things that uncertainties might be a good word and it's easy for that to cause us to just kind of mentally and probably subconsciously just kind of tune out the need in China. Um, Back in, uh, Hudson Taylor was mentioned a bit ago, Um, back in the days of Hudson Taylor, I don't recall if it was when his, I don't think it was when he first set sail for China. He had already come back on a furlough and he was getting ready to go on his second term, and he had already started the China Inland Mission, he had this small group, this small band of people that were going with him, around 20-ish, something like that. But they all gathered together on the dock in Great Britain, and they all sang a hymn, and the chorus of it was, A Million a Month in China are Dying Without God. And there was a verse in there, and I don't remember exactly, um, I've read this a few times, but there was a verse in the song that said something about, uh, do you hear it now, oh man, O preacher, the voice of your brother's blood, a million a month in China are dying without God. And I think that it's so easy for us to just kind of tune out their voices because they're not on the same social media that we're on. And we we don't see pictures as often of what's going on there like we can from other countries Mm. it's harder to to have those types of of just you know we're, we're a digital society and so we have all these kind of digital inroads to like learn about what's going on in other countries but for china it seems like there's not as much information on a individual coming through social media level And there's plenty of reasons for that. Many of them are good reasons. And yet because of that, it's just not on our radar. Um, It's not something that we necessarily would think about typically. And of course, that's one of the reasons to put on this conference is a way to, to cause us to give pause and to think, Okay, what's going on in China? What's the Lord doing in China? What does the Lord want to see done in China? And how can he use us to do that?
5: Yeah, one thing about the conference that uh, really encouraged me was actually two things was the uh, Trent uh, talking about being persuaded, and that's just really, Mm -hmm. all of us should be persuaded that we can trust the promises of God, we can trust his command, that we can trust him in anything. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth, and so he can do anything, and so we can know that if he asks us to step out in faith, and then in conjunction with that, uh, Austin, what you preached uh, about Philip, that really, the idea that uh, never really focused in on that, the fact that. He just stepped out, not knowing where he was going or what he was going to do. But because he trusted God, he got to see an amazing uh, conversion hmm. uh, of an Ethiopian eunuch. And so it, that's what we need to do. We need to be persuaded um, that God, His promises are true and that when he prompts us to do something, we'll be so close to him that we know that uh, we can step out in faith. And we never know what he will do if we step out in faith like that. That really encouraged me from the conference.
0: Amen. No. Well, um, let's shift gears a little bit. So we've been talking about things that we learned, things that we gleaned. Today, we had what, for some of you at least, was probably a pretty unique experience. Would anybody like to talk a little bit about that, about what all happened? Where did we go? What did we do? What did we eat? Was it, was it interesting,
2: exciting, boring? It was definitely interesting. Uh, I could say, okay... I can say that's the first time I've ever had duck before in my entire life. Really? Yeah, yeah. First time to eat duck. Yes, and, and it was is. solid. Like it, it had a different taste to it. Don't get me wrong, but I would definitely go back for seconds. And then the dumplings were absolutely amazing as well. Like okay, they were they were good. You know, I got
0: ready to order the duck and I hesitated for a few reasons. And then I thought, you know what, let's just let's just order some and see what happens. So I'm glad. I'm I think glad. it's
2: I think it's easier to consume something knowing afterwards what you consume <laughs> oh you already took a bite before yeah i, I, had no, no, ate it all, I was like we all, all ate it, and and it like, oh it's oh, duck, oh, it's <laughs> duck. Like, oh okay well that's not bad at all and
1: So yeah, it was like...
0: you would have been afraid of to eat duck no i still would have ate it but
6: would <laughs> <laughs> have <laughs> hesitated ever so slightly <laughs>
1: oh come on <laughs> where the chopstick hits the meat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: i gotcha okay <laughs>
4: Oh, that is one of the benefits going to China. The food is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the way you the way you have food is difficult. Jacob is, is Chinese food called to China. <laughs> yes. apparently. Um,
3: that was my first time having dumplings, like really? ever. So okay. that was an interesting experience trying to grab it with the chopsticks mm-hmm. and not let it squish out. I got it the first try. It's very proud of
0: myself. She was very I was wrong? very <laughs> 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 apparently still up. <laughs> okay yeah you know i i realized um living in china for a while and then coming back to the states you know it never really dawned on me that so many in america don't necessarily really know what a chinese dumpling is and you know i i kind of joke i've joked with mike and before about eating dumplings and you have to specify is it is it um is it country dumplings or is it yeah. Chinese dumplings? Yeah. <laughs> because there are two different types of dumplings. Yes. I mean, I guess they they still dumpling, but one one has the meat on the outside and one has the meat on the inside, and there's there's a distinct difference. And so
2: I, I was going to say, I think the difference between the two is that one has a G at the end and the other one doesn't have a G at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just <laughs> got, got the apostrophe dumpling. Yeah. Dumpling.
0: Dumplin'. That's right. Dumpling and dumpling. Yeah,
6: that's right. That's fine. You got it. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was like after we, everybody got done like handing out tracks and things at this market, like um, the thing is, brother, brother Ty, um, he preached a message on Psalm one fifteen about like the uh, the idols and stuff. How they have eyes, you know, they don't see. They have a mouth, but they don't speak. That kind of thing. And just the fact the need for Jesus and the faith and the blood of Jesus to be saved. And it's just neat because it's like you see those idols. But the thing is, those people. Like we see it as like a decoration almost. But those people think it's like if I give up my child, if I give up whatever, you know, I don't know if they sacrifice, I doubt they'd sacrifice people in China, but the point is like they, they sacrifice things to these idols that can do nothing. They're just demons. Mm-hmm. According to the Bible, but it's just amazing to see the fact that that the gospel, what the gospel can do, And people just something thinking about it, it's just like the gospel, what it can do for people. Because they're in darkness, but Mm that's spiritual light, The need for
0: it. Yeah, definitely. Well, so um, let's kind of shift gears a little bit again, and anyone can speak to this. Right now, or by the time this, this episode comes out, there will be people listening in who maybe were thinking about coming and either couldn't come or... Uh, we're a bit unsure or maybe uh, you know a few months down the road or a year or so into the future when we host another one of these i might refer people to listen to this and say hey just kind of listen in but maybe a a few of you could chime in and just kind of say an encouraging word and and say why or should should someone come and be a part of the underground conference and if so why and and what what would you say to someone like that
4: i would say when you when it, when you get down to it, the eyes affect your heart, and when you actually see the need with your own eyes, it changes everything. For me, um, a year ago, I went to, I went to a mission trip, um, and went to a mosque, and I heard someone say I was seeking who Jesus was, and I ended up finding Allah instead, and. I, my whole body, was every, every part of me yep. was just screaming at me to share the truth with him. And then at this conference, and in the documentary, um, I saw people bowing down to a Buddha, people giving offerings to them. And then I went, when I actually went to um, Chinatown, in the supermarket, there was um, fake money to offer or to burn so that there, whoever died would have money in the afterlife and then I would see other I would see idols in the windows and seeing all of that made it real to me that there are millions upon millions of people in China that actually believe that if they offer sacrifices to these false gods that they would be saved and it's one thing to hear about it but it's another thing to actually see that with your own eyes and that's why I would encourage you anyone that's listening to come to the um future conference come go visit these places go to chinatown speak with someone from china see the need with your own eyes because until you do it's why why would you care if you've actually seen it and that's that's a lot of reasons why i think most people don't care about china because they don't bother actually looking with their own eyes the need Hmm. that's
1: Hey, honestly, wasn't even gonna come to this conference, which is crazy. <laughs> we got back from camp a week ago, and I was just gonna work all week um, and kind of catch up from all the stuff that I hadn't done. And then I was asked if I could play piano because they hadn't found someone, and I was like, "All right, I'll." I really felt like God was like, "Katie, you just need to like get over yourself and and ask off work and do this." And I was like, "All right, I'll do it." And now I'm really glad. I, I at first I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be fun and." And I'll play so I can help out. And now I'm really happy that I did come because I've been surrounded. I mean, I grew up on the mission field my whole life, and I've been surrounded by constant, constant, constant awareness about different places that need missionaries. Um, Overwhelming. My church. I am in a training center where I spend 16 hours a week being trained to be a missionary and. I mean, like, my life is a saturation of missions, and every book I read has to do with missions. Um, and I had never considered China um, the way that I have in the last 24 hours after 19 years of pure missions. Um, so it definitely uh, was, was worth, um, worth the time, worth, you know, changing anything in my schedule to be able to sit here and let the Lord... Um, show me a part of the world that i had not really thought about or looked into and also just the prayer time being able to pray um prayer completely changes the position of one's heart mm. and when you're really begging god to um save souls in another country and send laborers uh, i think he really ties your heart to those prayers and changes mm. your yeah prayer. so it was it was really good and um I would definitely encourage anyone that is considering coming to go ahead and, and do it and come. Mm-hmm.
3: Along the same lines, I was not planning on coming to this either. It's a camp, um, I kind of forgot that it happened until I was reminded um, and asked to help out with the music. And I am so glad that I came. Um, I feel like I've just been, been encouraged, I've been charged up and I've, I feel ready to go. Um, And for anyone who's considering missions, who thinks God wants them in missions, for anyone who's heard of missions, for anyone who's never even heard of missions, this Mm -hmm. is the conference for you. This is a great place to be with other people who love God and who have a passion to get the gospel around the world. Um, And you will learn so much and be so encouraged and challenged. And I would highly recommend, um, if you're considering, stop considering and just sign up.
0: Well, Ty, any final thoughts?
5: No, I think that, that's good. Thanks for those that commented. Thanks for those that came. It was a good conference. And I uh, appreciate the comments about prayer. Prayer is so important, and it does really tie your heart with God. and It um, helps you to think about more seriously um, what you're praying about, and it's very important. So it's good. good to know.
0: Amen. Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Thank you all for listening in and letting others know that Jesus is worthy of being made much of in China. Again, if the Lord is leading you towards missions in China, we with the Vision for China team would love to help you along the way with everything from Bible training and missions training to language and culture training. Brother, we are here to provide you a path for you to follow to get from wherever you are right now in life all the way to standing in China before a group of Chinese people with a Bible in your hand and in the Chinese language preaching unto them Jesus. If we can help you along your path in any way, reach out at info at visionforchina.org. That's info at visionforchina.org. Tell us who you are and let us know how we can come alongside and be a help. For information about our Vision for China team and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. There you're going to find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to assess how you can better aim your life at making Jesus known in China, whether that be by praying, sending, or even going as a missionary. Well, until next time,